Welcome back, everybody. Today we have a Storytime Shindig doubleheader. We're going to start with Don't Pet the Cat, and that's followed by Pippity Squeak. See you in a minute. It's the Storytime Shindig podcast with your hosts, Shan McFadden and Henry the Talking Dog. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number four of the Storytime Shindig podcast. My name's Shan. I'm a children's author. You can listen to my stories at shanmcfadden.com or just keep listening to the podcast. We have a new story every episode. In fact, today we've got two. But before we get to that, let me introduce my co-host. It's Henry the Talking Dog. Hello there, everyone. So today is a really special episode. Do you know why? Does it have something to do with cake? Perhaps. I would be quite happy if it had something to do with cake. No, not really. It's not cake, but almost as good as cake. Pie, perhaps? No, actually, it's not food-related. Oh, that's disappointing. No, today is special because instead of one story, we have got two. I like the sound of that. Another kind of cool thing is that both of these stories are told as poems. So they rhyme, then? That's right. Huh. Well, this should be interesting. There's the smelly humor alert. I know that sound. Uh Uh-oh, that means that both of these stories have a little bit of smelly humor. And a little bit of mild peril. Now, the first story is one I'm not sure you're going to like. Why is that? Uh, The title of the story is Don't Pet the Cat. Well, I think that's very good advice. You should never pet cats. They're evil. Cats aren't evil, Henry. You know that. Well, I've known a couple that that were okay, but most of them are evil. They are demons with furry tails. Oh, Henry, that's not true. I think maybe you've just had a few bad experiences. Well, why don't we listen to the story and see what you think? Okay, sounds good to me. Don't Pet the Cat, a poem written and read by Shan McFadden. Well, hi there, friend. Come on in. It's been so long. Where have you been? I'll take your coat and I'll take your hat. But just one thing. Please don't pet the cat. Just rest a while. Have a seat. Stretch out your legs, put up your feet. We'll drink some tea and have a chat. And did I mention? Don't pet the cat. But he's so soft, so warm and fuzzy. He doesn't look like trouble, does he? His velvet ears, his whiskers long. It seems my warning must be wrong. What problem could he be, you ask? Oh, his friendly face is just a mask. He may seem gentle, he may seem tame. But all he wants to do is maim. He'll let you pet him and even snuggle, but it won't be long before you struggle while he nibbles, nips, and bites and chews because his favorite toy to chew is you. He'll scratch your hands, your arms, and nose. He'll poop in your shoes and pee on your clothes. Then he'll go to your house and mess up your room. He'll smash all your toys and pop your balloons. He'll break your TV and your downhill skis, then he'll eat all your cookies and your mac and cheese. And when you're convinced that he's finally done, he'll climb up your leg and bite you on the bum. Oh, you'll run away and try to hide, but it makes no difference where you reside. That cat will find you there, of course. He'll hunt you down without remorse. You may travel far to an Italian villa. You're so far away you won't be found, will ya? 
But just as you take your first bite of lasagna, he'll leap from the breadsticks and pounce right upon you. So you'll charter a boat and sail way out to sea, and jump in a submarine and dive down beneath. But then, what you see, well, it must be a prank. It's the cat, and he's got his own scuba tank. Next, you'll hide way up north in a frozen igloo, with not much to eat and nothing to do. But no one can get here, not without a snowplow. And that's when you'll hear a faint, chilling meow. Then you'll climb to the top of a towering mountain. You know in your heart that there's no one around, and you suddenly get a big lump in your throat. There's the cat on the back of a big mountain goat. <laughs> oh, you'll run and you'll hide in a cave or a shack, but he'll chase you all the way there and right back till you're just too exhausted to run anymore, and you'll simply collapse right there on the floor. And the cat, with a sneer, will climb up on your chest. He won't even care that you're very distressed. Then he'll do the one thing that he loves most of all. He'll cough up a sticky, disgusting hairball. <laughs> then he'll be happy, that nasty old cat. And he'll just go back home and lay down on his mat. But oh, you'll be left with a terrible mess. Plus scratches and bruises and bites and the rest. And the next time you see him, although he looks sweet, you'll remember with anguish your painful defeat, and my desperate warning, and that cat's evil smirk. So just don't pet the cat, because the cat is a jerk. <coughs> Written and read by Shan McFadden. Music by Kevin McLeod. So Henry, what did you think of Don't Pet the Cat? I think it was perfectly accurate. It was a very realistic portrayal of what might happen to you if you were to pet a cat. Some cats really love it when you pet them. Yes, but some cats pretend to love it, and then they'll, well, as you heard in the story, they'll, they'll just maul you. Well, listen, now we've got another story. The next story we're going to listen to is called Pippity Squeak. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, it has a nice sound to it, doesn't it? Now, Pippity Squeak is about a mouse, and I'm kind of wondering what you think about mice. You might be surprised to find out that I enjoy mice. I get along very well with mice. I have several friends that are mice. Uh, and I think the common bond between dogs and mice is that we both hate cats. So we get along very well. Awesome. Well, then let's just give a listen to Pippity Squeak. Pippity Squeak. Written and read by Shan McFadden. Pippity Squeak was a mouse who lived in a house where humans lived too. And Pippity Squeak was ever so meek, so he never complained about the things they would do. He didn't protest when they stayed up all night, playing trombones, no, he was far too polite. And even when they would guffaw with delight, he didn't say anything that might start a fight. They'd start beating on drums and yodeling too, and clanging their bowls while they ate their beef stew, and playing loud music and shouting, Yoo-hoo! 
and banging their tools while they fixed their canoes and shouting hi while they practiced kung fu. And while dressing for bed, they drop each of their shoes. Bam went one shoe, and then bam went shoe two. But Pippity Squeak, oh so mild and meek, would sit in his mouse hole and cover his ears and pretend not to hear, and hum and sing and do anything, just to block out the noise and the dreadful commotion. But then, with emotion, he stood up and said, Enough is enough, I must have my say. I must do what's right at the end of the day. So he took a small pencil and a small paper scrap and wrote a small note, and then, with a tap, he nailed that small note to their door with a pin. And on that small note was a message within. And the message said, Neighbors, understand please, I don't mean to fuss. But there is a problem which we must discuss. It relates to the noise and the hours you keep. It's making it difficult for me to sleep. So please, if you would, try to lower the clatter. I hope this is all I must say on this matter. And the note sat unread on the front of their door until one windy day at about half past four, Pippity saw that the note was no more. So he folded his arms and gave a soft sigh and said, They've read it, I see, and now they know why. I've been so upset and I'm sure that they'll try to be much more considerate and quiet and kind. But later that evening, at just after nine, guests started arriving and after a time, the whole house was full of loud party guests. And Pippity Squeak could get simply no rest. Oh, they shouted and hooted and whoop-whooped and tooted their party noisemakers and horns and kazoos until Pippity Squeak didn't know what to do. They ignored me, he said, his voice full of resentment. They don't care if I'm bothered. They don't care if I meant it. When I asked them if they would please keep down the clamor, these ridiculous humans have absolutely no manners. Well, they've pushed me so far that I cannot ignore it. I hate all this noise. Yes, I simply abhor it. So Pippity Squeak, feeling much less than meek, took his small pencil and with it he wrote on a small paper scrap a short note, and that note was simply one word, not one less or one more. And that one simple word was just this one word, war. And beneath that word war he signed his full name, and then rolled up that note and then set it aflame. With a spare pack of matches he kept in his den, and he tossed that note out in the living room then. He said to himself, Let the battle begin. First he chewed up the eyes on their family portraits, and then nibbled his way through their albums and scrapbooks. He scratched all their CDs and ate all their snacks. But the party continued and no one looked back. To see a small mouse with a very full belly and a look on his face from which you could tell he had had the most awful, outrageous of thoughts. Pippity smirked and then snickered and sneered, and then rubbed his round tummy and then gave a Bronx cheer. <coughs> then he crept quietly out to the hall and then pooped in their shoes. Yes, he pooped in them all. Every boot, shoe, and sneaker, every sandal and pump were now overflowing with little black lumps. Next, he climbed up the door where the cool evening air had left condensation on the windowpane there, and using his tail like the tip of a pen, he wrote a short message, and finishing then, the last thing he did was to chew all the wires that powered their speakers, and feeling inspired, he chewed all the cords that lit up their lamps, so the loud party-goers could no longer dance, and without their lights, they could no longer see. But Pippity Squeak simply giggled with glee and said, See what can happen when you disregard me? And the smoldering note that he'd tossed on the carpet now burst into flame and spread across the rug, but it didn't stop there, it rose right up the walls. And the guests gave a shriek and a cry and a call. Fire! they shouted. Come on, let's get out! 
They lurched through the smoke with cacophonous shouts. They made their escape, but the hallway was dark. They slipped on their shoes, and one made this remark. I feel something so awful, so squishy, so vile. It stuck to my toes and my heel. And then while they continued to fumble with foul-filled shoes, one reached inside and said, I think this is poo. And look at the photos. Oh, look at their eyes. They've all been chewed out. And I have to surmise that this is the work of a ghost or a ghoul. Another guest gasped and said, Quiet, you fool, and look at the door, there's a message on there. And the other guests stopped, and they stood, and they stared. Spelled out on the glass on the moist window pane were six letters, two words with a meaning arcane. The words that were written with Pippity's tail. The words said, Get out. And so then, without fail, the humans did just what was said, and they fled out into the night to never return, and all through the night. The fire did burn. Late the next morning, when the flames had died out, Pippity Squeak with a yawn looked about the remains of the house that he'd once had to share. But now there were no longer humans in there. It was just an old, burnt-out shell of a home. And no one was there. He was simply alone. No bumping, no thumping, no banging, no clanging, no loud tooters tooting, no shrill fluters fluting, no music, no singing, no bing-banging bongs, no crashing or bashing or ding-danging dongs. No, nothing was heard, not the tiniest peep. And that sat just fine with Pippity Squeak. He folded his arms and said, That's just how I like it. It may not look nice, but at least it is quiet. <laughs> Written and read by Shan McFadden. Music by Audionautics.com. So that was kind of an interesting story. I particularly liked how he uh, dealt with the annoying people. Yeah, he went to a lot of work. It was very effective. I was wondering, Henry, how do you deal with annoying people? Uh, well, I know that some dogs will bite someone if they're annoying, but I prefer to uh, pee on them. Pee on them? What? I just walk up and lift my leg and pee on them, and then I go, oh, sorry, I didn't see you standing there, and uh, <laughs> they generally leave. Oh, dear. It works very well. Okay, well, thank you for joining us for another Storytime Shindig podcast. As always, I'm Shan McFadden. And I'm Henry the Talking Dog. Bye, everyone. This podcast was written by Shan McFadden and produced by Henry the Talking Dog. Intro music by Kevin McLeod.